So go ahead and stick around. The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Welcome to Planet Rage, the intersection of insanity and madness. Here are your hosts, Larry Blydner and Darren O'Neill. Hello and welcome to episode number 68 of Planet 68, Rage. Baby. Yeah. I mean, it's almost 69, man. Almost. <laughs> One more episode and then we'll hit that legendary mark. Mm-hmm. And then I saw because i was like well there was not a lot going on in the news and i saw a valentine's day rant and i'm like no we can't do that now it's way too no, early too for soon. us it's too soon yes since considering we're doing a show on monday the 13th that seems to be a good time to do a valentine's uh oh yeah, yeah. or an anti-valentine show i'll be expecting a candy gram from you yeah well the nobody but, knows what the fuck that is well not Maybe now you don't Huh? Then well, you get it's like uh you know somebody shows up with a message and it's a used hot to girl be and, yeah uh, I don't know if they still do those probably not it's probably but, too dangerous now yes you're right like you want me to go to somebody's door and knock on it randomly are you crazy yeah although good. then you look at Uber and all these delivery services that do just that but uh, I think February thirteenth the day we do a show I think that's Cheaters Day. I think that's like the known day. So, you know, if you're married, Joey, what's his name? I used to love that show, by the way. What was his name? Joey Greco or Joey something. Remember that? No. What's uh Oh, there was a great reality TV show, probably in the right around the turn of the 2000s. And it was called Cheaters. And this guy named Joey, it was an Italian last name. I can't remember. I mean, I do. I've heard of a Joey Greco. I don't know. It may be. I don't know. I, I, you know. Joey somebody. Oh, wait, this was the whole show where you would catch people cheating. Yes. Yes. It was fantastic. I love that show. <laughs> well, this is the day because I guess, you know, if you're married, it's really hard to take your girlfriend or boyfriend out yeah. on Valentine's Day because your spouse wants to go out on Valentine's Day. So the day yeah. before, that's where you get to sneak out. Oh. Allegedly. Okay. What about the day after? I don't know. I, I guess. Why is it the 13th because it's bad luck. Maybe it could be bad. <laughs> if you get caught, it's definitely bad luck. Yeah. But that's something to look forward to folks for the Valentine episode. If you have some Valentine's horror stories, now would be the time to let us know. Yes. We want to know inquiring minds. We want to use it for content. So change <laughs> names if you have to, or if you don't want the people called out, but here in Chicago, only 16 shot too fatally this weekend. Yeah, but like I said, L.A. has been on a kind of a hold my beer uh, thing. Uh, they, there was, uh, I think, three or four shot yesterday in Beverly Hills. At yes. A house party. And three of them so, were from Chicago, which is yes. ironic. 
Yeah. They're not giving you details that. on that. I've got a strong suspicion that wasn't an ordinary house party. <laughs> no, it, well, it sounds like a rented house and probably. Soccer party. Uh-huh. Yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah. Things are never as they seem. Not in this town. Well, L.A. especially. Yeah. There's a lot of wannabe actors and actresses. Oh, yeah. And that industry is dying a slow and beautiful death. This is true. This is true. I, I think that within very brief period window, maybe three to five years or less, I think that conventional movie theaters will be as much, as a, much of a novelty as drive-in theaters are right now. And a drive-in would be nice in a pandemic. That would have been great. Yes. It's been a while. I mean, there were drive-ins that were still around here when I was in high school, maybe a little bit through college, and then they disappeared. Yeah. But that was always kind of an interesting thing. It was in, uh, it was unique, and the concept of going to a theater, I remember, you know, as a kid, it was cool. Mm-hmm. But about the time you started uh, dating, it was not so interesting going into a theater anymore. And now, when the last time I was in one, which to be fair, probably four or five years ago, it had to be the uh, the one with Margot Robbie. It had to be that last uh, Suicide Squad movie. Oh, I never saw any of those. Any good? You know, the movie itself could be a fun, but the sound system, we may have talked about this on a Planet Rage, was so loud that even I left. The guy who stood oh in a Ted Nugent concert without earplugs thought this movie was a little too loud in the theater. So wow. it's a, that was no bueno, but it was also now everybody that is in a theater when their phones beep or not, I mean, God forbid I have an Apple watch now too. Now people's watches are beeping and lighting up mm. and their phones are beeping and lighting up. I don't see the yeah. point of a movie theater. No. And, and even you mentioned the date thing, like I very quickly learned when I was single, that if I really liked the chick, the last place I would take her to be a movie. I mean, that's just t- total wasted time. Let's just sit side by side and, and ignore each other for two hours. Right. Moronic. Right. You know, bad idea. Bad idea. You're not moving anything forward. And we exactly. have the technology now where the picture and sound you can reproduce at home mm-hmm. is just as good as the movie theater. I mean, some sure. theaters are really nice, but. What I can do at home now is better. I mean, the screen size isn't quite as large as going to the movies, but yeah, the quality of the image is better. And how big do you really need a screen? Oh, really? And it's way more fun. You could get the theater seats like we've got here. And they weren't really, I mean, they were expensive, but they weren't. First shows, the, the saga of the purchase of the theater seats. I recall that very well. <laughs> well, it was, I mean, it was a good set and the, well, we had one set that was not the motorized one and those ended up dying. Mm-hmm. So we got the motorized ones and there, I mean, besides the foam eventually starts wearing out the motor and all that stuff doesn't. So I'm assuming there's yeah. gotta be a fairly easy way just to like redo the foam. Cause we, you know, sit in them daily mm-hmm. and that's what ends up uh, wearing out. But for, you know, a couple thousand. I, I don't think they were. I think they were like maybe 1500 a chair, mm-hmm. which if you get 10 years out of them, which these, I think we're closing in on that. Maybe even more now. Wow. And they're still working fine. That's great. 
And it's nice. Yeah, when I was a kid, there was still a lot of the big old movie palaces left over. Left over. You know, most of them were getting looking kind of tired, but um, th- that was an event to sit in one of those things. They would have, you know, it was a massive room that would hold, you know, the smallest of them was at least a thousand people. Then you had places like Radio City, which I think held 6,000. Right. And they would have, you know, sometimes like Sistine Chapel-esque murals on the ceiling, or very often there would be, um, they would look like clouds. And some of them even had sort of like smoke machines that would move clouds across the st- sky and stars would twinkle. You know, it was exciting stuff. And then when that big velvet curtain started to part, you know, it was, it was a big buildup to, it was an event, but you, you didn't never, you're never going to get that feeling with these, you know, 18 plexes. What the fuck? It's like being in somebody's basement, really. Yeah. And it's getting more rare to have yeah. these nice theaters, even for um, musical events and things like that. But a lot of them are just being left for dead because they're too much upkeep. And uh, there's still a few of them in this area. And it is, it's nice to be able to go into something and remember that buildings used to have style and there used to be architecture and yes, there was love put in and there was craftsmanship mm-hmm. and not just, eh, we built a box, throw everybody yeah. in. It's a Bauhaus world. It's ugly. Because then you could knock it down and build new ones and nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. Well, nobody gives a shit about knocking down the beautiful ones either. This is true. You're like, how much money is that going to cost? No. Yeah. You can't afford that. No. But it was, like I said, a slow week. But I was glad. I just was ready. I pulled a couple of clips. And then I just start watching a video. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, I could use this as content. Uh-uh. Which is always good. It's like when you're not looking for content, it is content. And the, I, I pulled this one because it's one of our favorite guys who I know listened to our last show after people were like, Bandrew, they're talking about you. All right. <laughs> He's like, uh-oh. Love a band. Love me some Bandrew. Give me that. Like, why are these, why, why are these guys talking about, what did I do? <laughs> but this is his uh, latest show, which I'm like, oh, wait, no, I want to talk about this because I've talked about it before. And I think you and I have touched on a few of these things, but, and I left the intro in just strictly to be able to use the stick around part as the, yeah. as the opening of our show but here's bandrew of the bandrew says podcast today on the reptilian overlord says podcast i am going to be discussing not editing podcasts missing your content deadlines and a whole lot more so go ahead and stick around card one is officially done and we are going to start with my rant about not editing a podcast i think that editing is absolutely crucial for podcasts because editing allows you to come across smarter. Editing allows you to cut out any kind of mistakes. Editing allows you to respect your audience's time more. I love editing podcasts because it allows me to put my best foot forward. That's why I think the vast majority of podcasters should edit. I don't think you should have this mentality of, Oh, well, No Agenda doesn't edit. Oh, well, Joe Rogan doesn't edit, so I'm not going to edit either. People Stop. De- <laughs> as far as I know, No Agenda does edit. Not a lot, but they do. Very re- Only if something goes wrong. Yeah, they have to. Okay. And that was the main thing that, that I would point out would be, I think Rogan's is more edited than you think. I'm sure it is. Especially now. Yes. Because that is a very big audio video oh, extravaganza. Yeah. I'm going to stop right here and take a detour, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, 
Adam was recently on Rogan and yes. he alluded to some bad word, something he said that Rogan clipped. Yes. And he's, and Adam kind of said, well, you know, you can all figure it out. Well, do you know who I am? I couldn't figure it out. Well, what was he talking about? Do we know? Or I believe he repeated the same thing on no agenda right before he went on, which was just the example of, you can't say the N word and then K word. And then there were, he was, Putting out all of the slurs that will get you canceled today. Okay. But he said the words in their entirety yes, and not of just course. the abbreviations. Yes, because oh. that's Adam. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> because all you right. know what? He can't be canceled because he's too big. We can. Yeah. And then that's why we okay. all go, well, no, we yeah. just. Well, thank you for solving that. <laughs> we'll just point over. The, but I thought it was great when he went to the, like, you know, they uh, on Rogan, they even blurred his mouth so nobody could dare figure out. No lip reading. Uh-huh. Wow. But that's how far the censorship thing is gone. And as much as I think it's totally idiotic, and there was a story here not too long ago of a longtime teacher at a all-girls Catholic high school that said the word in its entirety in the class that was saying, well, this is why this word is just as bad as this, and you know, didn't fall into line and, and shorten it. Well, that got her fired. And there was another story very recently of a football coach, I believe it was, or basketball coach that was taking questions as far as I can tell, because these stories, again, journalism sucks lately. Yes. But as far as I could tell, he asked for questions that were written out and given to him. And that word was on one of the questions from one of the players. And he dared to read it again. I mean, it's, it has to be really hard to self-censor yourself when you're just reading something. You know, people, a lot of times you're not even hearing what you're saying until it's out of your mouth. Yeah. But of course, that had people complaining and he was reinstated. And like the other team that he was playing in the next game refused to play, even though his school was behind. It's like it's all idiotic. Yeah. Now, there's a big difference to me to uttering a word. Like there was a video that I saw while looking for clips of some guy in Georgia yelling at a black FedEx driver using that word. Well, that's obviously racist. There's no question about that when he's yelling at the FedEx driver. But when somebody's using it in a class, in a teaching atmosphere, it's like, I don't understand the taboo of, no, wait, nobody can say that. Sure. And, and treating it that way just gives all those, all those words much more power and oxygen. And yes. It's really, it's, it's so infantile. Well, it's, yeah, it's it's exactly the opposite. You would think of what you would want. Right. And that's the sad part about this is like, nobody seems to understand the reaction to things like that, or they don't think about cause and effect. It's all like, no, no, we need to stop this. Like, well, okay. So now if I can't say apple, well, now we're all just going to start saying orange, but everybody knows when we say orange, we mean apple. Right. Well, then you have to be like, well, no, now you can't say orange either because now we know that orange means apple. Yes. And now we're going to say grape. Well, sooner or later, you can't say anything. What does dad gum mean? Exactly. Let's that, get Ramsey in here. Bad gum. That's <laughs> we the, haven't lumped him up in a while. That is the nice way that the Christians in the South, I believe, say GD. Okay. And now people are like, what does GD mean? They're a lot of people like, what do you mean? Damn is a swear. Great what do you dame. mean? Uh-huh. Great dames. I like great dames. They're uh, great dames. Yeah. Definitely what we're looking for. <laughs> but now with Bandrew, yes, I will agree that there are a lot of podcasts that need to be edited. And 
I think there is a big difference. And I think this is what you and I have discussed before. I think there's a big difference between a solo podcast and one with multiple people mm-hmm. when it comes to the need to edit. Mm-hmm. Because when you're doing it solo, yeah, a lot of times, although I've gotten to the point to where I might pause one, two, maybe three times during a random thoughts just to sip some coffee. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I just bloviate and I go. And it's, but I know for most people, it's like you're, you're doing a little bit at a time or something like that. And that's how I used to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you do one story and then you're like, okay, let me take a break. What do I want to say now? And of course you would want to edit all of that out. But when it's a conversation, it becomes less necessary unless there is, I believe, an extreme amount of, if you have somebody that does a really a lot of the ahs and ums or you know all those kind of filler words Mm -hmm. but otherwise i think editing all of that out really kind of can kill a vibe and make it sound more artificial because when you have a conversation that's how people talk and i'm not saying you want to waste a lot of time but if you strip all of it out Mm -hmm. i think you end up sounding maybe too npr like and people, yeah. people are like, well, this sounds too scripted now. There's a fine line between sounding professional and like it's totally scripted and there's not one word out of place. And yeah, I, would say the, well, I think you're, you're, you're part right. And, but there's a, there's a lot of any number of ensemble podcasts that are just fucking horrible. Yes. And they should just edit it all out. Don't even don't even turn on the microphones. I mean, there's so many guys. I mean, it's it's. It's the, you know, hey, man, Howard Stern's funny and we right. get together and we have some beers, man. We're fucking funny, too. Okay, roll tape. You know, no. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> no, always work. You're not funny. You're not interesting. Just shut up. There's so many like that. You know, stultifyingly boring shit. And, uh, yeah, they'd be a lot better off editing everything. Well, this is true. You have to be able to have the content. Yeah. But I don't think you need to edit out every little misstep because half the time that's the funny part especially for no agenda half the time the the title of the show ends up being something somebody said wrong yeah well there's a there's a there's a podcast my daughter made me listen to and it's very popular i guess with 20 somethings and i think it's something what is it like red scares i think it's called red scare and it's a couple of broads one is in new york the other one's somewhere else chicago la i don't know i don't know whatever it's very popular. They make a lot of fucking money. They had a big fat Patreon. And I just wanted to, I want to stick a gun in my mouth after about 40 seconds. You know, what color is your nails today? Oh, mine are, <laughs> well, I really didn't. I'm going to take it off. And then, you know, I'm, I'm all out of cotton balls and I need some nail polish remover. And uh, is your, has your cat been eating? You know, like, fuck off. It's literally <laughs> but, just a conversation among it's, friends. It's just horrific, but it's very popular. So obviously it's not for me. Hear all my mistakes and all the goofiness and allow me to waste 30 minutes of their time. I don't think anybody should have that mentality. People like No Agenda, people like Joe Rogan are able to skip editing because they have acquired that talent. And hey, Andrew, how about Planet Rage? We have that talent. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, Andrew's been <laughs> most generous with the plugs, man. Anymore, and it's, you know, they're going to think we're paying him or something. I know. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bandrew, we're waiting for the check, Bandrew. <laughs> Make sure Bitcoin is fine. Don't worry. Over decades of practice, over decades in the field of presenting, of hosting, of interviewing. All of that to say, I am not going to edit this podcast episode. You will not have any cuts in the middle. It's the, it's. This will be warts and all. <laughs> Case in point, I would have edited that out, but not today, because I want you to see what it is actually like recording a podcast. I want you to see how bad you can be at this and still have a polished final product. Stop. I see, this is really interesting. This is, this is a very cool concept he's, he's exploring right here. But the fact of the matter is, Bandrew is a very polished and skilled uh, communicator. Yes. You know, so I think he's, he's, he's a little bit, um, what's, what should it say? I think he might be, he might be uh, stacking the deck a bit to make his point here. You know, um, he's, he's, you know, he doesn't really need to be edited. He, his flow is great and it's spontaneous and you never have to wonder what he said. He's clear. He's entertaining, you know? So what he needs to do, he needs to do more like a Carl deal and just, and just uh, uh, grab some clips from something like Red Scare and listen to that and say, holy shit, how bad is this? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bandrew definitely likes the self-deprecating yeah. humor. And he is way better yeah. than he gives himself credit for. He's fantastic. And he yeah. says it's the editing, but I don't believe it's the editing at all. Yeah. And of course, there's something that I noticed when starting to do shows live. Because once you start doing them live, it also gives you a different way of looking at things like we do this show live in the no agenda stream now the question becomes well this has already been out there to people to hear why would you necessarily go back and edit that unless something when our internet dropped well we edited yes. a bunch of that stuff out because <laughs> there was literally <laughs> nothing reason. there yeah. but when you are looking at it more from a talk radio aspect I think anybody, and maybe it's an age thing, because you and I are old enough that growing up listening to guys like Stern or Brandmeier or just any talk radio, really, there were worse than all. There was nothing you could do because people were going to call in and say dumb things. Yes. Conversations were going to go south. Mm -hmm. And that was okay because then there was just more content coming up right afterwards. So the yeah. knowing you can edit, I think, is often a detriment. Yes. To a lot of people. Agreed. Because knowing you can edit, you're like, wait, 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 I can do that one better. It's like, no, but it was fine. Everybody was thought fine. it was fine. Yeah. And you have to, you know, that's the line you have to then not worry oh, yeah. about is being a perfectionist or thinking, oh, I flubbed a word. So, you know, I need to edit that out because again, I think it does humanize and it does when you're talking to your buddies every now and then somebody's going to stutter over a word or they're not going to say it right. And, mm -hmm. you know, again, that, gives people a little bit of a different aspect rather than, wow, he never makes a mistake. Oh, yeah. And especially, you're right. I mean, in the ensemble thing, too, especially because uh, part of the, uh, the, the fun of this uh, business or listening to people who are good at it is wondering what, what crazy shit they're going to say next. And if you, if you over-edit it, um, it just completely undercuts that. It becomes, what, stayed, yes. sanitized. Who the fuck needs that? And live in the troll room right now at Troll Room, dot io it's being discussed now how grumpy old bens i helped create a whole term 
because uh, Noah Jenna Millennials mentioning to Sir Ryan Bemrose that when podcasters get up to go pee now live on a stream, it is called Bemrosing. So he <laughs> created this. There you it, go. I you love know, it. This is how things begin. And this is where it's like, well, no, you could edit that out. But but why? why? Don't. Rogan does. That was somebody else pointed that one out. There's bathroom breaks during the Rogan show. And yeah, it's got to be. You don't normally see them. I know in the one Curry episode, they were like, oh, well, should we take a break or something? There was, but usually yes. it just happens and you don't know. Right. I am not going to be editing. The only cuts there will be will be when I need to insert an audio bumper for a segment, the intro for the audio version, the Ask Bandrew thing, whatever it is, the audio bumper. Edit your podcasts, okay? Unless you have decades of experience and you are just that interesting where people have this need to see you mess up. They think that it is the most endearing quality in anybody ever. Unless that's you, edit your podcasts and you will see why I edit mine so heavily. No, Bandrew. We're going to disagree. Stop editing your podcast, Bandrew. I'm with you, Bandrew. I'm with you. Amen, Bandrew. <laughs> Hallelujah, brother. It's a Bandrew is yes, perfect just the way he is. Yes, he is. And people do need to, really, it's more putting the work in and not in the, uh, you know, not in the crazy leftist way. It's just, well, I think it's a perception. And this, this is something that's only in the arts. Okay. And, and the perception is I can do that. Okay. Yes. It's I can type so I can write. Right. No. I can talk so I can run a, a good podcast. No. You know, it's the karaoke thing too. You know, oh, there's music. I'm singing. I'm moving my lips. I'm making, you know, I'm, I'm making notes. I'm a singer. No. <laughs> really? Really? It's the air guitar ethos, you know? Hey, well, at least the air guitar doesn't make noise. At least. This is true. Nobody's ever gotten hurt by a string snapping on an air guitar. True. Or maybe they have. I don't know. You never know. But I thought that was a good rant. And I, I do agree that when people are beginning, or if you totally mess up, because I think we've all heard podcasts where there's like 45 seconds of silence as somebody decides what to say. Yes. We'll edit that out. Yes. And that's something you can always speed up. There's the fact that you can do that automatically now in pretty much any audio editing software makes or those long pauses should never be around in any show because most of the time they're not necessary. Most of the time they're not being put in for effect. Mm-hmm. that you can shorten those to about a second or so. And uh, then, uh, you know, you just, you'd have to know, I guess, what needs to be edited and what doesn't. Don't edit things just because you're like, oh, I can make it better. And I need to go to every word, which I did early on, which was like, oh, any, any breath. <gasps> Got to get that out of there. Oh, no. any um, He's not breathing. Right. <laughs> Was he doing this? He never stops talking, but I never hear him take a breath. And that even if people don't consciously notice that their subconscious will and be like, this doesn't sound right. Yeah. You know, when you're talking to somebody in person, there's always a pause every now and then. It's just a question of don't make that too long. Yeah. And you'll figure it out. And if you like following all of the uh, social media stuff, then Bandrews, the Bandrew says podcast is one you want to go to because. And he was testing another microphone and you could tell 
with this, with the handheld, not only was he not editing, but he was using a, like probably a $20 handheld microphone. And it's like, this does not have the butteriest sound of Bandrew, but it still sounded pretty good mm-hmm. by comparison to a lot of shows that just yes. can never seem to get the audio right. Yes. So if you want to get your audio right, Bandrew's the guy to go to. Bandrew's the guy. And I got to tell you, there was a time when uh, my, my daughter was working on a project and uh, I, I sent him some, some, uh, direct messages about uh, microphones and holy shit within two hours, he had actually done an episode answering my question and referenced me. And I thought at that point, well, now I'm on the map. Now I'm somebody. <laughs> right. A, a Bandrew did a show sparked by me. I felt really cool. Well, see, then it had to be a good question because he gets a lot. Yes. It was a good question. And he's like, oh, wait, this is content. This is, this is the way a podcaster thinks. It's like, yeah, some guys emailing me a question. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is an episode. Yeah. Why would I want to waste this? Just giving him an answer. I'll give this to everybody. Everybody. Yeah. And hopefully everybody got something out of it. And he says he doesn't have a good work ethic. He's very. Oh, that's bullshit. I know. Very he, prolific. I know he is like, totally. There's no way he doesn't have a great work ethic. Of course he does. <laughs> no question. No question about it. Now I see you have a clip, one Fox and two clueless friends. It's funny. Cause I pulled a clip from the Fox five show. I don't know if this is a, uh, no, well, the five is Gutfeld and, uh, and right. And, uh, yeah, the, the other one that used to go out on the street for O'Reilly. Jesse yeah. Waters. Yes. And, uh, yeah. And then it seems like everybody else is sometimes it's Harald or the, no, the, 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 um, one Fox and, and clueless Fox and clueless friends is a morning thing with Ducey and, uh, um, uh, kill me. Oh, okay. Crew. Right. Yeah. So let me get this one queued up here to the right volume oh. and. Okay, this is, this is, so this is, you're playing mine first. Yeah, let's go with this one. All right. So this is like, I'll give just a little, little background. It's, <laughs> it's, first of all, the, the, um, the, a central figure in it, which they've managed to completely excise from the entire party is the Podfather. They, they bring in, you'll see, they bring in a Rogan talking about what's going on. And the guy he's conversing with is Adam, but. They, they don't mention they, it at all. They, they give a little bit of video of like a flash of, 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 of Adam, but uh, almost none of his, maybe he gets like three or four words in. Also, I, you know, like I said, I never watched anything. It looked like Adam was, was he, was, does he vape on that show? It looked like he yes. had one of those. Okay. That's what it was in his hand. All right. So anyway, it's, it's really, it's like this, the one guy who's the smartest guy in the whole mix is Adam and he's basically silenced. Um, and it's just a cavalcade of stupid shit from one person after another. And I'll be stopping you when to flag those incidents. Gotcha. But as this violence ensues, uh, we were astounded here at our various locations that people were not pointing out that Antifa full of uh, uh, privileged white kids uh, were having Stop. this. I'm going to get back to this. Remember this privileged white kids thing, because this this is a window into the. Uh, the uh, the lacking in- intellect of Kilmeade. Okay. Coordinated attacks right. uh, with uh, with flashbangs, some with firearms, massive arrests. The people weren't calling it as they see it, pretending as if this wasn't bad as any unrest that we've seen. Over Stop. The last- okay. Bad word choice, Kilmeade. Unrest. Yeah, that's not yeah. good. If it's if it's violence, yeah. if it is, uh, you know. Things being burned down, if people are being assaulted, what are, you know, what's going, what does unrest mean? Somebody can't sleep? Yeah. And unrest is a stupid euphemism for a riot, right? But sometimes riots, 
they have some justifiable underpinnings and people are really pissed off about something that's going on. You know, the Rodney King thing, people are fucking furious. The George Floyd thing, people are rip shit furious. <clears throat> this Antifa shit that was going on, um, that was not unrest at all. These are fucking domestic terrorists. But yeah. so, you, so to use that word unrest, apply that, that is really fucking stupid. Yeah, it's a different case entirely because it wasn't entirely. a group of people that randomly all got upset at the same time. This yes. was well organized. Totally. Most likely paid for. No doubt. Yes, that is a, uh, a little okay. bit different. Yes. Four or five years. And we were not the only ones. Listen to this uh, outrageous guest on CNN, which is still a, technically a news network. Oh, nice. Uh, nice little swipe <laughs> nice at there. CNN. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think that there's a real blurring of the lines in, in, in the use of the word violence. You keep using these words, violent, 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 violent. Um, and it, it gives the impression, I mean, the only violence that, that or, or the only acts of, of violence against people that I saw were, were actually police tackling protesters. Okay, so you see in some of the, okay, so they broke all, they, there was property damage, and they, they, a police car was set on fire, and windows smashed. Six protesters were charged uh, in all, including for domestic terrorism. Two of them are out on bond, four denied bond, a number of them not from Atlanta. But, and, and look right there. Okay, so that is not violent. You know who says that? Uh, one of the senior advisors to Stacey Abrams, Marissa Pyle, senior rapid response manager at the Stacey Abrams Fair Fight Action, said this regarding the comments. You cannot commit violence. This all, folks, this all comes down to what do you think violence is? She Stop. says you. No, this is, this is now Pete, Peter Ducci who's been speaking, <laughs> not uh, Kilmead. And it's not about how you define violence, okay? What it, what is this is this is the uh, these people are excusing this shit, okay? So that's how they always operate. Uh, do is it P- Peter Ducey? There's so. a father and a son. Who's the one that's always uh, harassing? Uh, uh, Jean Pierre. I think that's Peter. I think that's the young one. But I this could be wrong. The, what's the old man's name then? Whatever the fuck. He's the he's the senior douchey. <laughs> <laughs> See now, there's a show title: the senior douchey. Senior douchey. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a, a Spanish surname. Senior douchey. Could be. Um, <clears throat> this guy, this isn't what it's about. Um, this guy is so fucking clueless. He's so out in left field. Uh, it's not about the definition of violence. It's just about saying that, well, their violence is okay. Well, and I think it's a little bit right? of both, but I think you're right. It's the tactic because I heard this quote. And this is the woman that worked for Stacey Abrams saying, yes, you can only commit violence against another person. And it's like, when did that start? When did that start? If, if somebody, if somebody firebombs someone's house, not violent, and they get out alive. Is that nonviolence? Yes. As long as you're only, doing if, only if they're fucking burned in the fu- Now it's violence because they're dead. Yes. But if they're injured and they managed to escape, well, that, that wasn't violence. If you take an empty car and you turn it over, not violent, not violent, it's not a person Set on fire, not violent, right? Thing. Yeah. I, which I don't get. When did this, uh, yeah. when did that, yeah. again, and, the concept that, no, it's only against a person. It's like, no, it's yes. not. And so people, people, and this is what's with the big joke here is that people, there's this perception that somehow Fox News is this fair and balanced counterpoint to the Marxist shit that is relentlessly spewed by CNN and MSNBC. And these guys are offering, you know, a, another, another opinion. They're really not. 
they're just they're just fucking airheads. Yeah. Well, it's very bad really? journalisming. Yeah. And thanks to Annette Ned in the troll room, Steve Ducey is the dad. Peter Ducey is the kid. Thank you. Thank you, Annette Ned. Somebody has to know these things. Yes. Cannot commit violence against wind, uh, a window or a car. Killing a human. Now that is violence. Wait. So- <laughs> killing a human. See, only killing you. It's not hurting a human. Right. It's killing you. On the other hand, though, if she, if That's this murder fucking moron was talking about that case being tried right now by the DOJ uh, about the guy who, who only pushed somebody who was harassing his kid outside an abortion clinic. That's violence because he pushed someone. They weren't injured. They weren't hurt. And the guy got in his personal space in his face. No. Now that's violence, right? Yeah. That's violence in their book. So, but, but douche, senior douchey, he would never draw that comparison because he's really just a chooch. But if you know where their car is, you can blow that up and totally be nonviolent about it. That's right. Makes total sense. Yes. Shame on Atlanta's leaders who fall into the same tired path of protecting property while our people are being murdered by the police. I want to ask this broad. Who is she referring to by our people? Who is that? You know. Oh, okay. And this concept of it's okay to do anything you want because it's just property. It's like, again, this is not the way a nation built upon laws does business. Well, this is, but it's Marxism because nobody right. personal pro- They don't like the idea of personal property unless it's theirs. Right. Well, if you take, yeah, if you, take it, you take an LGBTQ flag and light it on fire. Oh, I bet your property all of a sudden means something. That's right. Yeah. This is how, you know, when people are douchebags is that they change based upon who's being affected. Mm-hmm. So for her, the line is murder. You kill somebody, then you're in trouble. But just, you know, blowing up a police car, that's not violence. Yeah, Joe Rogan uh, took issue with this, mm-hmm. slamming the media for gaslighting these riots and acting as a propaganda department. Listen. You're willing to overlook some awful on your side and you're willing to exaggerate some on the other side. But everybody's on the same team, so you have to pretend these people lighting churches on fire aren't these people lighting schools on fire and lighting courthouses on fire the, the, the mostly peaceful oh it's mostly peaceful that <laughs> burning Curry. in the background i <laughs> saw someone again say this yeah because yeah. Of what, that, what, by what, stop that's laughing is adam yes but like i said it's just like it's just a, a flash maybe a, like a third of a second flash of adam there <laughs> and i've heard a clip very similar to this of rogan that wasn't talking to adam so this is obviously something that is is bothering him yeah and you realize when you hear these clips off of the news just how much rogan swears <laughs> because yes, that's a lot of beeping than, than i do or yeah yes this is true we need to work on that yeah we can always fucking swear more fucking fucking can like in, in atlanta. atlanta yeah the cop city thing yeah, yeah. and they were they were there calling was literally this thing. a cop car on fire anyway they're calling <laughs> it mostly peaceful in cnn's backyard you i know it's can't fantastic def- you're not you're not the propaganda department you can't define things in a way to to calm people down that's not what your job is but that's but right. you're you're bull people you're acting as a propagandist like that's Duh. Not- stop uh-huh. Yes. Duh, really? <laughs> Duh, really? And it's the just, nod to get the story out. out, Joe. Right. <laughs> this isn't to get the story out. This is in order to get the reaction yes. that you want, because I think everybody's well aware, although now that we have the internet 
and social media, less so, but without the mainstream media, a lot of these riots and unrest, as they call it, don't happen because people don't get the same story. They don't get their marching orders. Because I think even a lot of people, if you see things on Twitter or TikTok or whatever horrible social media you're on, you you question because, you know, people on social media are dicks and a lot of it is just totally made up and you can make it look like anything is going on in the world. Mm -hmm. But it is things like the coverage on MSNBC and CNN, which gets people all riled up and like, oh, we have to do something. Of course. Which is why as horrible as this case was where uh, Tyree, I can't remember his last name now. I apologize for that. Um, read enough stuff. Nichols, I think. Is it Nichols? I think it was Nichols. I think so. But this, if that had been in an area where there were five white cops, this would have been a totally different story. You know, the fact that every cop involved was black. It's like, well, now you can't really call this racist. Yeah, but Van Jones did. I know. Well, Van Jones is a moron <laughs> because it's like, I don't know. So five black guys killing another black guy. That's racist. Like, please come to Chicago. The stats that we give you at the start of every show here now for 68 shows, 90, probably 98%, but at least in the nineties, is black on black crime blacks killing blacks so just because it's cops it's different i don't know how it's like if you value life then you value all life and you want to stop people getting killed and that's not what we get with the mainstream media because they're just like oh chicago can't say nothing about that it's it's too boring how are we going to get people upset and it's really uh, disingenuous the way the mainstream media pulls stuff, but it's good. Joe finally starting to realize that, uh, yeah, that people are being gaslighted here. Mm-hmm. It's like, that is what they're in business for. True. It's not mostly peaceful when a car's on fire. <laughs> well, wait, are you sure? I mean, it could be very, depending what kind of car, if you have some marshmallows, exactly. Right. It'd be a cookout in the street. Now, if it's your car and you're walking out to go home and you see your car's mm-hmm. on fire, yeah. And there's a riot happening. I bet you, do you think, so Larry, if you walk out of your house, cause you're in LA, there's been riots there. Yes, there have. If you walk out of your house and there's a bunch of people that have your car on fire upside down and are like marching up and down the street, do you think, wow, this is peaceful? Sure. It's the first thing across, across my mind. <laughs> Maybe in LA that might be like, yeah. this is more peaceful than normal. Wow. <laughs> I like this. So not only you're not ignoring right. it, you're, you're mis-describing uh, it. And the other thing to add is most experts say the coordination shows this thing was rehearsed. So much in which they did, the way they acted, the way they communicated, shows an organization, not an idea. Antifa. Okay, okay he's, uh, I'll give Kilmeade credits on this because this is, of course, he's taking a shot at Joey. But he should be ballsier and say, remember, Joey right. called Antifa an idea and said it didn't exist. It really wasn't a thing. It was just an idea. And he should have he should have laid that at Joey's feet where it belonged. It was a little bit cowardly of him. Well, now is Antifa, we were saying that they're just a bunch of like privileged white kids. I don't know. Oh, we're going to get into that in a second. Yeah. Uh, is as despicable as uh, the Oath Keepers and the uh, Proud Boys, but nobody Stop. wants to... Stop. Okay. His quote was, Antifa is just as despicable as the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. Okay, now, Proud, uh, Proud Boys. Um, 
we, it appears that the Proud Boys might be largely an FBI thing. I mean, they, right. the guy that led them, Enrique Torreo, I think, um, you know, was an, a lifetime FBI informant. Um, uh, the Oath Keepers, if the thing is, if you look into it, and, and I didn't do the deepest of dives, but I don't know of any any murders or uh, and either Oath Keepers or Proud Boys uh, tearing down entire cities, seizing police cars, lighting them on fire, blinding cops with laser pointers, uh, et cetera, et cetera, taking over entire swaths of cities and calling them their own. Um, There's no record I could find of those organizations doing that shit. So that's the best that Kilmeade can come up to, come up with on the despicable scale. And let me tell you what that's about. What that's about is look how fair and balanced I am. Look how fair and balanced we at Fox News are. You know, here's this fucking monster communist organization that has destroyed untold businesses, lives, killed people, fucked things up, ran roughshod over many major cities in the nation for an entire summer and is back at it again. And, And he compares them to basically those other outfits are pimples on the asses of the country. They're nothing by comparison. Nothing. Well, because if you're a violent extremist, but you're not a white supremacist, you're good. I guess so. That's the way the media looks at it. I guess so. And it makes zero sense. It's like um, equality is not ignoring the fact of there are good people on both sides. I mean, they gave Trump so much crap for saying, well, when it came to those statues and wherever that was down south. Well, there's good people on both sides. Well, he was saying there were good white supremacists. Well, no, but what you're basically saying here is the opposite. Right. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. It's like, this is why treat the criminals like criminals. I don't care what color they are. Somebody breaks, although they're still looking for hundreds of people from the January 6th thing. Yes, they are. Because I guess they're running up against the statute of limitations, which is five years and you have to be. I guess the thing would have to go into court within five years. Hmm. So they've already got two years down and there's still a lot of people they're looking for, but they're still looking. It's like, for what reason? Yeah. Now, if somebody had set the Capitol on fire, if somebody would have killed somebody, well, then I understand why you're still looking for them. Mm -hmm. But we were just told, Hey, if if it's not against a person, it's not even violence. So smashing the windows of the Capitol. And we saw people doing that. And smashing doors. What's the problem? Yeah, right. It's only property. It's not it's violence. Violent. It's not even yeah. violence. Yeah. So I don't get it why they're still going after them. And yes, there is uh, in one of the filings that it may have been with the Proud Boys or Oath Keepers. There was one of those where the government is specifically trying to remove any questions from the uh, what's going to be happening, you know, when the, when it goes into court. They're trying to prevent any questions about FBI involvement, which I'm like, wait a minute. Hang on. <laughs> this, Hold on. There. This says a lot when it comes yeah. down to what the FBI involvement was, because mm-hmm. there's no question. I believe at this point that there is FBI involvement. At least there was FBI in the groups that they're saying caused the January 6th issues at the Capitol. Yes. But then it all comes down. I think we've talked about this before. There's a big difference in being the person at the front that starts something and the people that just are looky-loos and follow going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And if you find out the people that were the ones at the front and either in smashing windows and doors themselves or encouraging people to, if any of them are FBI or FBI informants, then it paints a different picture. Sure does. But we don't want you to ask about that. Don't ask about that. Do not. We all know that's the six week cycle is find some dude mm-hmm. who you can convince that he wants to go blow up something. Yep. Y- you give him a fake bomb and then you arrest him. Right. Welcome to the FBI. Mm-hmm. Point that out. The FBI director comes out and goes, Antifa is more of an idea. No, they got stocking caps coordination. They're probably a monthly meeting. They've got sto- Wait, having stocking caps now makes you stocking a dangerous caps. organization. <laughs> Come on, Fox, please. How many people out there have a stocking cap? You better be worried. Mm-hmm. Meetings and dues. Most of them, as you take their masks off, find out they're from privileged uh, backgrounds uh, and their family must really be proud. The governor- okay, this again gives us a look into the, uh, into the historical knowledge or lack of it of Kilmeade. Um, hey, Brian, who the fuck do you think ran the Russian Revolution? Hmm? Every one of them was from privileged backgrounds. Lenin, Trotsky, all upper middle or upper class assholes. Even go, go back to the godfather himself, Marx and Engels. Two fat fucks who never broke a sweat in their entire lives. Okay. That's who's always at the forefront of these movements. And this chooch talks about that. Well, that, I guess that makes them what harmless. So they're just not so bad or so dangerous because their, their parents aren't proud of them. Right. They're just, you know, kids run amok. Fuck off. Read a history book, Kilmeade. Read a history book. Yeah, there are a lot of kids run amok throughout the years. 75% of the Bolsheviks were under 30. 59% of them were less than 24 years old. Okay. And look what they fucking did to Russia. Well, you point to the fact of what's been going on here with the education system and you wonder how you get to this point. It's pretty easy to see. Of course it is. And then you look at the media, which while not technically a part of our government we know ever since the founding of this country that having an active media it was very important with keeping things in check because if your average person doesn't know what's going on then they're not going to be outraged by it so that is where the media comes in and they've decided that they're just going to play ball for one side and screw the other side I just love that there was a recent show uh, quote from uh, No Agenda, and somebody said that people don't realize that even the censorship has been censored. And I thought that was an absolute brilliant <laughs> statement. And it's so true. It is. That, yeah. Because people have no idea. They have no idea how uninformed they are. How far are. down the rabbit hole you're going. Yeah. Getting to the truth of any matter is very difficult because there's always more data out there. And it's very easy. On both sides, they always be like confirmation bias. We all know we want to be proven correct. So if we're anti-vax, well, then you're going to see every death as vaccine caused. If you're pro-vax and you're going to see all this and you're going to have different reasonings that you're going to see. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this all just muddies people from getting any real information or you can tell people don't jump to conclusions, but we know people jump to conclusions about all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And things just kind of get out of control pretty quickly. As we see, it doesn't take long from one of these events. I mean, from the time that the George Floyd story broke to the point that there were riots all across the country, it wasn't like it took weeks. Nope. 
it was nearly instantaneous. Yes. So you have to be very, I mean, I get on one side where you're like, well, you're censoring things. It's like, there's a difference between censoring and waiting to have accurate information. The censoring I think is way more important when you look to social media and that's just another genie that's out of the bottle. Cause I don't think anything's that, you know, you're never going to get to the point to where it's like, you'll, you're going to have the ability to say whatever you want, mm-hmm. but it, it all just leads to more problems. And no answers. Uh, George, uh, Brian Kemp put out a statement. He said his office will not tolerate unlawful crimes in the name. Stop. Na- <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That great. To get that will not allow unlawful crimes, unlawful crimes. What the fuck is an unlawful crime? This see this. Like I said, it's a cavalcade of imbeciles just across the board in the broadcast uh, on a a broadcast set in government. It's it's (laughs) fucking Confederacy of dunces. It's insane. Unlawful crimes. I need a list of lawful crimes now. Yeah, exactly. So what is a crime? And this, and this, also wasn't, this wasn't an off the cut thing. This sounded like he was reading off a written statement, like a press release. Did it? Not? Yes. That was put out yeah. by a governor. So, okay. Boom. <laughs> we there will not are. allow unlawful crimes. Unlawful crimes. Fucking moron. What is a lawful crime? Let us know. Yeah. I'd like, is this is kind yeah. of like here in uh, Chicago as I think it is out in, uh, in LA where you could steal up to $999 and that's while it's a crime, it's lawful because we're not going to. Yeah. Maybe that's it. It's the kind of double speak that starts really uh, mm-hmm. grating on people who actually think words should mean things. That was if, <laughs> if I took any, any little quip from the late, great Rush Limbaugh, it was that words mean things. Sure. Once you start forgetting that or once you start allowing for the changing of meanings on the fly. Mm-hmm. You're asking for trouble because you're right. This is exactly what's going on here. It's like, well, no, no, this, we don't define violence as, uh, right. if unless right. it's against people. Mm-hmm. Well, who decided that? Well, I guess we just did. Yeah. Aim of peaceful protest. Yeah. And Joe Rogan also went on to talk about how pe- they just are shoving ideas down people's throats. And he said, that's what tribal instinct is. And he said, that's what he believes religion has always done. But he said, if you flip it and you talk to an atheist, they believe so strongly, they're trying to shove it down your throat. So in a sense, it is their religion. They just don't have a deity. So right, stop. Thought- well, they do. Okay. Again, Joe, 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 Joe. Um, yeah, he's an idiot guy. He just has a got a podcast. Marxism, the fucking state is the religion and everybody's known that for a long time. And that's why the first thing they do, first thing Lenin did was burn down all the fucking churches in Russia, you know, outlaw religion. This is your new religion. You know, this is not new, Joe. This is, uh, this is quite a, quite a moldy concept, but true. Glad he's, I'm glad he's cotton on to it, but uh, this is, this is not news. Well, no, it's not news. And that's the different, what we do is entertainment. Yes. So listening to what people say and commenting on it, that is entertainment. It is just not giving you any new news or information. And I'll clarify. I don't think Joe is an idiot. I think, but he's just a normal guy. I think he's smart. And I think as far as religions go, I think it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty narrow sliver of religions that try to shove their stuff down your throat. Okay. A very narrow sliver. I mean, I've, (laughs) yes, I've uh, cracked coconuts at the temple with the Hindus 
Um, not too long ago, I was standing on a corner in Sino and a couple of rabbis, you know, in full gear came up to me and, um, and said, you know, hi, hi, nice day. Are you Jewish? And I said, no, I'm not. And they said, no problem. God bless you and have a nice day. And walked around. That, you know, I love those guys. What's not, that's not shoving religion down anybody's throat. Obviously, they were out to preach and proselytize, and God bless them for doing that. But that's not shoving religion. That's not right. you convert or die. Here's a scimitar at your throat. A little bit right. different. And right. that's exactly what the fuck Antifa does. Put yes. your mask on. Say her name. Do what we tell you. Fuck, you know, hey, Joe, <laughs> he's got a little learning to do. Yeah, well, you will believe everything we do. Otherwise, you are not a part of our group. Exactly. And that's very dangerous. And it's a very narrow, narrow field of religions that do that shit. Right. But that's why they still went after Catholicism. Well, those Catholic bakers that wouldn't make a cake for a gay couple, they're obviously hate filled. It's like, no, go to a different baker. Yes. They didn't try to stop your wedding. They didn't say, don't do it. It was the same story as we talked about with the NHL player, the Russian guy that Mm -hmm. was like, I am not comfortable wearing a pride jersey. Well, he's obviously hiding behind religion to be a asshole. It's like, well, no, that's his belief. I mean, again, you want to have your belief and people to allow you to have your beliefs, but then you don't allow him to have. It's like it's just the hypocrisy is always just dripping. Mm -hmm. That was fascinating. Absolutely. And one thing I will say about uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, I don't generally listen to Uh it. Wait, the one thing I will say is I don't listen. That's something else. Now, here's the, the, right. Here's a, here's a big picture, you know, ta-da for, for the, for the one. Again, like I said, it should be called, what you got is invariably, I don't watch this show ever, but I do see clips of it, which we're listening to right now. And the blonde between Ducci and, uh, and Kill Me was a hot looking babe. Right. So it should be called one fox and two clueless friends. <laughs> the guy's booking and bookending her or idiots. Um, and shit, I just lost my train of thought. Where were we? Uh, damn it. Anyway. Oh, I know what it is. Rogan. Right. Yeah. What, what, what they don't realize. I, is it possible that those guys don't realize that the reason they're selecting clips are probably the producers of that show said, hey, go to this Rogan thing because they understand the producers do that Rogan has an audience that's a multiple of what theirs is. So he's now becoming the go-to source for information and clips, isn't he? But, and, but Dushi's sitting there, well, I don't, I don't really listen to it. <laughs> Maybe you should. Well, they need to realize that their model is failing. And, totally. it, and it's amazing that a guy with Joe Rogan's background has the audience that he does and is known as being now the number one interviewer in the world. He's got the biggest yes, audience. He does. He knows when to shut up. He knows how to ask questions that are either the ones that he knows everybody in the audience is thinking, or he's coming up with stuff quite often. And I don't watch him a lot either, but from what I've seen, he comes up with stuff that the guests are like, Oh, well, that's interesting. You know, I never thought of that. And if he's you could, a very skilled interviewer and yes. he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't back down. He asks smart questions when they try to weasel out and dodge, he holds their feet to the fire. So, you know, Rogan deserves all the success he's getting. There's no question. He just needs to re- read a little more history. So absolutely. You know? And one thing I will say about uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, I don't generally listen to uh-huh. it. Whoever does the beeping on his show, actually, they don't beep. Stop. 
Who the fuck says beeping? It's bleeping, is it not? I, I, I've heard it both ways. Have you? Okay, maybe it's a... And it, it is a beep. I mean, the sound, but it's like, I don't know. Nobody's doing the beeping. This would be the thing I would tell the Fox guy. Uh, Rogan shows go out with all the swearing in it. Yes. If it's beeped on your show, the assholes in your department did the beeping Correct. or bleeping. You didn't get that. And they're doing a shit job of it. They're over, they're, they're, they're taking up way too much audio real estate with those bleeps. Yes. Don't generally listen to uh-huh. it. Whoever does the beeping on his show, <laughs> actually, they don't beep. We That's do it for our show. It. Their finger must be worn out. Okay, no, I, when Joe Rogan first came on the scene and everyone was talking about how good his podcasts are, I'm driving out to Long Island, my daughter's in her car seat in the back, oh. and I started listening and I'm like, oh my gosh, trying to find the controls. Right. Oh I didn't God, realize that. that, that uh-huh. it's, it's not a family friendly. Yeah, right. no. yeah, it's an adult podcast. The internet is not safe for your children. Exactly. So there'll be legislation to try to fix that. We have to stop Joe Rogan. Yes. Yes. We can't have this kind of language on the internet. (laughs) It must be safe for five-year-olds. Don't you know? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because the whole world is, isn't it? No. So that was, I just thought that was such an amazing clip because there's so much going on. There's so much stupidity just overlaid, tumbling one after the other and so much bullshit. It's just, it's insane. Yeah. Well, this is what I've said for a while. And it doesn't matter what side you're on. Yeah. If you think you're getting accurate information from any mainstream news, you're not. Look at who's doing the reporting. Look at the moronic things that they say. They're doing a a difficult job. I get it because there's a lot of times maybe where there's not a whole ton of news and you have 24 seven to fill. So I understand why maybe that there's some fluff. And why there's some repetitive things going on. But this, oh, I don't know who does the beeping on a show. It's like, well, yeah. obviously you don't listen at all. Because if you've ever listened to a Joe Rogan show, you would right. not have heard one bleep or beep. So, the, yes, he, he, he so demonstrated that uh, he's, in, you know, he's, in, he's on planet Zumo. That guy, he really is. And it's like, okay, so there's some uh, profanity where there's not on the cable news networks and that's fine they're two totally different things but you then look and go why does rogan have a bigger audience because the reality is the news media whether it's cnn msnbc fox they're trying to give you stuff in like little 20 minute segments and joe rogan sits down and is like i got 14 hours to spend with you (laughs) and he keeps the audience but the mainstream can't. It's like, why is that? You might want to well, look at that. And uh, I think it's just the fact also. I mean, you're right. The, the content is king. But beyond that, um, look at who the sponsors are on CNN and uh, Fox or C- any, any broadcast. Drug companies. Stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it's adult diapers. Adult diapers, and, right. And, and reverse mortgages. And, you know, the, the audience is dying off. It's just that simple. And, um, and younger people are not turning to broadcast media for, their, for anything. No, but they're turning to TikTok, which horrifies me. Uh, yeah. Like, this is where we're getting our news. Like, well, somebody on TikTok did an 18 second video, and that's what I learned about the world today. There you go. And when we know we're not learning in school, the children, they are not learning in school. But I digress. I had the Fox clip, which I thought was interesting because it was mainly how bad the journalist was on Fox. So this will go really well with what we just had 
Well, the grammar police are coming for the word the. No, seriously, the AP Stylebook is recommending in a now deleted tweet avoiding labels like the poor, the mentally ill and the French, claiming it is dehumanizing. As you can imagine, folks on social media mocked the change immediately. This includes the French embassy. They tweeted this picture of them changing their handle to, quote, embassy of Frenchness in the U.S. (laughs) Well, AP later apologized for offending the French. Um, Jesse, what do you think this show should be renamed since it can no longer be called The Five? Do you have Mm. any ideas? Yeah, hosts of The Five. No, you can't use the. Oh, is that dehumanizing? (laughs) Five-ish. Five <laughs> what about it's five o'clock somewhere? It's five I o'clock somewhere. That. I like That's that. Perfect. I like That's that. Good. That's you know, good. Yeah. But that table. means you're caving to style. It's like, okay, this has nothing to do about what time the show is on. Right. It's just called the five. So what would you call it if you can't use the, and you're like, it's five o'clock, so, but it's not about the time. No. And they go on and on like this for like three minutes. And it's just, none of it's worthy of being on the air, even on this little podcast. But Jeez. this is what was on on Fox. And it's these stories that somebody pointed out that the, the reason that they come out with these moronic things, the style guide, whoever this is like, well, the is now. Uh, I guarantee they got this shit shithead idea from the Ukraine. Remember, it used to be yes. the Ukraine. Yes, and not anymore. Uh, no, don't, you can't say that. It's not Kiev. It's Kiev. You know, yeah. Well, you can't Utah. say the, you know, the drug addicts. You can't say the, you know, criminals. You can't. That, that's all. That's all just dehumanizing to put somebody in a group of like the podcasters. Oh my God, that's dehumanizing. Like, no, it's not. Stop trying to redefine words. They were okay. I mean, the fact that people are more, yes, they're more worried about trying to redefine words than they are actually fixing problems. Well, it's just a matter of, I mean, this is the constant thing that they do. And and they, I think that they, they make a, a, a conscious effort, um, to, to fuck around with meaningless stuff like the article, the right to make people more accustomed to modifying their speech on their terms. So they'll say, okay, the is out. And then you're more likely to, to accept terms like hate speech and climate change and pronouns and all right. this other shit. It's, so it's when they don't have a, a, an ax to grind for, for, uh, for pronouns, they've got to keep the pressure on. So now so let's, let's go after the, Right, get that sure you ask to keep them now. keep them compliant. Remember, you know they have to do what we say. Well, keep people silent because they're like, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, because I'm afraid I'm going to say something wrong. So I would mm-hmm. rather just not say anything. Right, and, and that would like make that. more sense. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a guy I got his name because he only had 75 subscribers, and this just randomly showed up in my YouTube feed. But this was a just an example of how stupid the people on the left often are. When they try to go after people like Tucker Carlson, because this to me, one, it didn't make any sense. And two, the ignorance of the guy making the video, I thought was just funny. But you can let me know if you agree. So Tucker Carlson went on his nightly rant last night, and this one was kind of nuts. Why do they hate tobacco? And it's not because it causes cancer. They don't care about your health. They closed the gyms during COVID. Anyone who closed a gym during a pandemic that killed people who were fat clearly doesn't care about your health at all. They hate nicotine. They love THC. They're promoting weed to your children, but they're not letting you use tobacco or even non-tobacco nicotine delivery devices, which don't cause cancer. Why do they hate nicotine? 
Because nicotine frees your mind and THC makes you compliant and passive. That's why they hate it. It's a real threat to them. Wait, nicotine's the one that frees your mind? And people watch this show, talk about being bad for your health. Fox News is bad for your health. <laughs> so he's like, you're, he's disagreeing. He's like, oh no, weed frees your mind. But it's like, no, it doesn't. And don't get me wrong. I think people who want to smoke weed, do what you want to do. Sure. I don't care. I'm in the very much libertarian aspect. Now, if you're pushing it towards children, no. I mean, I think we all know that weed is an intoxicant, much like alcohol. Mm -hmm. And yes, Tucker Carlson's absolutely right, dumbass. When it comes to your brain power, taking a hit of nicotine, if anything, it's like taking a hit of cocaine or caffeine, man, you are going to be alert and awake. True. Now, doing THC, that is a depressant that is going to slow down your reaction times. That's going to slow down your thinking. But this guy obviously is too stupid to even figure that out. And Amazing. like I said, he's only got 75 uh, people that subscribe to him that I get. The exact same Tucker clip was covered by Pod Save America, which has oh, those guys. I know hmm. they have like 400,000 people instead of uh, just 75. And their reaction to this was, oh, Tucker, how, how elitist. It's like, what's elitist about this elitist. comment? It's elitist about that. I don't know. <laughs> I should have pulled that one too, but it was like, it was the same damn clip. Just their reaction. But it was funny to see the different reactions. And it's like, no, he's absolutely right. They're, you know, and this is a, out of a line of a, of a very liberal folk singer, Todd Snyder, who said, uh, they don't care what drugs you're strung out on as much as who's. And I absolutely. Think, He's totally correct. This is absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's why they're against nicotine right now, but the pot is good. Mm -hmm. And I do think there is a certain amount to be said for when, if you're in the government, I mean, if you're a, uh, if you're a leader and you want to keep your whole population docile, you want them all drunk, drugged or on something. Preferably Ritalin. Yes. Adderall, yes. Something prescription that they can keep track of. We know what you're doing. Something that they can keep track of, that they can make sure you vote the way they want you to vote. It's really sick. In California, you know, you can still walk into a liquor store and they look at me and nobody says, may I see some ID? <laughs> that's, that's been gone a long time. But however, if you go into a CVS or right any drugstore and you want to buy a box of Sudafed. Right. You cannot purchase that unless that you not only show them your license, but they, they fucking scan your license. And if you buy, there's some interval, if you buy more than, I don't know, two or three boxes and you're something like that, then they assume you are Walter White right. manufacturing right. fucking meth from this. This is how fucked up this place is. So yeah, um, they, they, they don't, they don't like drugs as, as, unless it's their drugs and they can figure out what you're doing with them and how much. Yes. And I can't figure out why they're anti uh, nicotine, really. I mean, the part where the, yeah. the, the, okay, so smoking it causes cancer, but now that you can put it into vape and that's allegedly safe. So why are you against it now? Yeah. yeah. Cause they, cause they're ASCOs, assholes seeking to control others, no matter what. Always the way it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Always the way it is. And things are not always as they seem as we found out now that the Pelosi videos out. Oh my God. <laughs> okay weird wow. video right very weird sure looked like a play date gone wrong to me but what do i know 
Well, the only thing they now did release the video of the guy like breaking in. So we do see that now that he wasn't just like let in. I know that was a big part. Okay. All right. But now this guy that was the, uh, the reporter on the local NBC affiliate that was suspended for a while, the black reporter. Did they know, reinstate that guy? They did. Did they? They did. Okay. Because every damn thing he said was true. Yes. Which it's like, I don't understand. Uh, I don't, I don't quite get it, mm-hmm. but I pull this. This was another, just cause I, I guess I got into the, uh, the Tucker world on YouTube. Once you see one Tucker, they're like, oh, you want to see them all. But I thought this was an interesting take. We saw in the body cam footage is both horrifying seeing poor Paul Pelosi in his 80s get hit with a hammer. It's just absolutely awful. But it's also weird standing there with a drink. What was that? We can't even speculate as to what that was. And then the 911 call reveals above all that the 911 operator should be fired immediately. Oh, yeah. Have you heard the 911 call? No, I've not. Do you oh, have that? I, I do not. I should okay. have because they mentioned it in this. But it was the most clueless woman who, you know, and I don't know exactly how these systems work, but I would think there's a way to pop up on their screen if this is somebody that has called multiple times, you know, a way to log if this is a special case. And I think a call from the house of the Speaker of the House, whether you like Nancy Pelosi or not. I think a 911 call from her home should probably be flagged in some way, mm-hmm. shape or form. But this yeah. woman obviously had no idea. And Paul Pelosi, and you could tell this very much sounded to me like 911 calls that have been heard when somebody calls 911 a woman usually and is like, yeah, I'd like to order a large pepperoni. Ma'am, you know, this is 911. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's cool. I just need to order a large pepperoni. Are you in trouble? And yes, yeah, that's, you know, and. This woman was not going to bite. And she's like, oh, it, yeah. So he was doing the, the, the pizza order thing? He was, the- yes. He's like, well, there's somebody here waiting for my wife. And he says he's not going to leave until she gets, you know. And she's like, oh, okay. Oh. Do you need our okay. help? You know, and it's like, well, why do you think outside? Well, I'm calling here. Yeah. You know, she was just wow. clueless. And again, even if you didn't know. All right, so then this guy, so then I was wrong. So then the guy did break in. He yes. was sort of holding him hostage, hostage, and Pelosi wanted to get some help without alerting this clown to the fact that right. uh, he was calling the cops. Okay, so obviously this that prior statement about uh, a play date gone wrong, but it did look weird. Well, it looked very weird, and the fact that, you know, although it looked like the guy had Pelosi's arm, even when he answered the door, so I don't know what the guy thought was going to go on yeah. at that point, but... It seemed like he was keeping Pelosi close, although Pelosi had a drink. Although, again, I can see the, oh, you know what? Let's let's have a drink. Let's relax let's until drink. Nancy. Pizza. Right. Yeah, terrible. You know, yeah. just the minute the cop said, you know, put the hammer down and he went, uh, no. And then he's yeah. swinging it. It's like, whoa. Yeah. It, it's like that went horribly wrong. Oh, even I, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, when there's body cam footage before they ring the doorbell. Right. Yes. And I think they're talking between now. You got to think, you know, San Francisco is a big town, but it's not that big a town where the cops wouldn't. It's an enormous house. It's probably the biggest one in the neighborhood that they live in. Who the fuck wouldn't know that this is where the speaker of the house lives? And these guys are standing going, I think they didn't have the address straight. Like, is it 2036 or 2063? Right. We don't know. Shit. Well, God help you. It's not good. And then they see, well, put the hammer down and they didn't have, because otherwise, yes. 
the minute that door opens, they should have been rushing the guy. Yeah. But that is uh, unfortunately not what happened. Oh. Has there ever been a dumber 911 operator? Probably not. We can't have dumb 911 operators. It really matters. But above all, and we hate to defend NBC News, but we just got to be honest, the body cam footage completely vindicates reporting from NBC's Miguel Amaguar back in November. Here's what he reported. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. We still don't know exactly what unfolded between Mr. Pelosi and the suspect for the 30 minutes they were alone inside that house before police arrived. So that's kind of amazing. I mean, the guy was just doing his job. He clearly talked to someone who saw the body cam footage. Now we can see the body cam footage and we know he was basically right. That's what it showed. So news organizations don't typically punish reporters for getting the story right, but NBC punished that guy. They suspended him. Then they deleted that report from their website. We asked NBC today, why would they do that? But they did not respond. Of course, we didn't know the answer, which is that body cam footage, whatever else it proves, and once again, we're not exactly sure what it proves, it definitely puts a crimp in their preferred story which was that the Pelosi household was invaded by QAnon activists or something, or this was some right-wing militia attack on the Speaker of the House's husband. That's not what it shows. And that NBC reporter was honest enough just to kind of describe what it does show. And for his efforts at telling the truth, he was suspended. Shame on NBC News. Subscribe to the Fox News YouTube. No, no, no. Shut up, Hannity. Forgot that was at the end there. Sorry. That's okay. But that well, that w- begs the question: If what's going to happen now, Darren? Because I I'd never heard of this this pizza ruse until this case. Okay, so that's how out of it I am. Almost, I guess I'm as out of it as Steve Ducci. Um, <laughs> no, wait, nobody's but, quite uh, that bad. Okay, but uh, what happens now if that's in, if that's if that's an op- now an open secret, right? That all that all uh, um, home invaders and hostage takers are aware of. Now, what do you tell the fucking cops when they barge in and you want to call them and with a secret phone call? Now what? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there, if, I guess you have to have some kind of a uh, a signal. But again, that's different for everybody. You know, that yeah. would have to be something that would be set up. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you just can try to call 911 and leave the phone off the hook. But it seems like some of these 911 operators now are so clueless mm-hmm. really? that they don't know what's going on. And in this case, the guy was, you know, this, the way that I had originally heard the story before the video came out sounded like Paul Pelosi was alone when he opened the door and then knowingly went back in from what I could tell the guy had his arm the whole time. Yes. It appeared that way. So this is a big difference between, well, Paul Pelosi could have just walked out. Right. It's like, I don't think he could. No. And that wouldn't be accurate either. But this is, again, why it's so hard to get accurate information. It really is. And people that want to tell the stories, there were people that were intentionally 
trying to disparage the Pelosi's that were spreading the stories around again about all sorts of different things. And they knew the guy and it's anything's possible until it's proven wrong. Mm-hmm. But this is why you got to do your own homework and try to get to the facts before jumping to those conclusions. And in this case, I mean, they wanted to, I'm sure the people on the left were like, we would have loved to show this guy as a Trumper, but no, he's one of your loons. Yeah, that's a good line. Uh-huh. Maybe that's a show title. One of your loons. One of your loons. <laughs> I mean, both sides want to pretend that they're, you know, that they're, uh, that they don't have them. And everybody knows on both sides. And it doesn't matter what the ideology is. And there's going to be people that are a little bit nuts on both sides. And this guy, obviously you have to be pretty far out of it to think you can break into the speaker of the house's home and just be like, Oh no, this is fine. You know, and especially once you know, the police have been called or at the front door, like, Oh no, this is fine. I can, the guy still thought with the door open, him holding a hammer next to Paul Pelosi, this was going to go well. Well, you know, you looked at the guy's face and it just see this grin on his face and he just looked like such a, a crazy psycho. Yes. You know, not in his right mind. Maybe he had a little too much no. THC. You never know. Maybe. Now the people Maybe. that are smoking pot hate me. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Somebody, uh, circus media says point of information. Weed is a depressant stimulant and hallucinogen. According to the interwebs. Well, see, this is wow, why you don't read three. You is don't, that right? I guess I never really did that shit. So I, I don't know. I have no experience there. Nor did I, I am high on life. There you go. I don't need anything else. But we have a clip from uh, Scott Labido that I do need. Scott, baby. On Russiagate. This is still the original Russiagate? Um, or is this new yes. Russiagate? This, well, this is some new, uh, new, a new uh, angle on it. Today, boys and girls, I'm going to explain what a jackass is and what an asshole is. Now. <laughs> Wait, I know. I know this one. Me? I could be a jackass. We all know that. I'm pretty good at it. But I'm not an asshole. See? Assholes are you fucking people who lost your shit, unfriended us friends of yours, called us fucking assholes because you believed that there was Russia collusion and we didn't because we knew it was fake. So you called us assholes. But now that it's all bullshit, you're the fucking asshole. Now to prove that you're a fucking huge asshole, (laughs) read this. Okay, stop. He's he's holding up the cover of a recent issue of the New York Post, which is the screaming headline that one of the guys that uh, was was allegedly uncovering um, Trump's involvement with Russia was just arrested for some type of Russian espionage. He's you know fucking around with oligarchs over there, whatever. So that's pretty pretty damning right there. Well, yeah, and I think he's right. I haven't heard anybody that was all in. On this, I mean, definitely not anybody in the government up the food chain in the you know Hillary Clinton types, but I don't even know anybody that just you know people that I knew who were all in on that. Whoever went, no, oh, no, I'm sorry that I, now we learned that was wrong. I think they still believe it. Oh, sure they do. Of course they do. Adam Schiff, I mean, he knows yep. this bullshit. He was he was part, he was part of the uh, part of the lies. I mean, oh yeah. It's, it's, I think it's been proven that this whole Russia thing was was dreamed up by Hillary or her people. It definitely started there. It started yeah. in uh, Hillary's lawyer's firm, and then mm-hmm. and then was sold. And the FBI went, oh, oh, this seems really legit. 
congratulate the FBI on doing their job. Don't look away. It's a fucking car wreck on the highway. We all look at it. We want to see the bloody head. Look at it. Read it. You fucking assholes. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta love Scott. What he is saying is what we've said all show. It's hard to get accurate information. Mm -hmm. And people that will continue to lie and to deceive. And unfortunately, this is something maybe the kids should be taught more in school that people, including your teachers, may be lying and deceiving. Mommy and daddy may lie and deceive people that you meet on the internet. Definitely going to lie and deceive. Mm, No question. But no, we don't get that. We don't. We do. We do that, Darren. That's right. We're that. We're that frontier, that barrier against uh, the lies and deception. We're the ones to try to pull the curtain down and let you see what is really going on. Yes. And we are a value for value podcast. Sometimes we provide more value than others. Today, I guess we provided very little, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, is that, is that what indicates the donations? <laughs> it is because it, it is our buddy, uh, CSB, and then one boostergram that just came in. Oh, nice. I know CSB likes to be the, uh, the last boostergram, and it's, so it's mm-hmm. listed just right in the notes. But uh, oh. our buddy Lavish, he said, all this pot is making me rage and came in with, 4,200 Satoshi. See, it's a 4,200. I see what you did there. And Lavish is out in California. What did did I miss? What's the 4,200 significance? Well, 420 is the... uh, Oh, 420, of course. It's all them pot smokers, man. They know 420, baby. 420, yep. But Lavish was also mentioning that the cops in the San Francisco area, not so great at being cops. Okay. Which I can believe. I mean, it's California. I don't think anything is extraordinary in California except the dojo in which that Larry show emanates out of. Thank you. You're too kind. Everything else in California, bad. But Lavishy does a show with Boobery. I mean, there's all these and names. It's very good. I don't even think they're their real names. I don't. <laughs> be wrong. Not Mr. Booberry and Mr. Lavish. It could be. I don't know. <laughs> but that is the uh, behind the squeams show that is spelled Great with show. threes instead of E's because they're they want less people to find their show than find it's my a, shows. A little tough to Google that, but. It's worth doing. It's worth working at it. Yes. It's a good show. Absolutely. And then, of course, our buddy CSB, who, again, wanted you to read because my voice is too shouty. Uh All right. I better. uh, He's coming up with new words, too. I think this is from Whiff. All right. Here it is. Let's see. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even. uh, You see what I'm saying? Preview this. This is a totally cold read. Here we go. (laughs) Latitudinarian Larry and Dander Darren. Feeling starved of sense in a senseless world? Find salivating satiation with the AI.com cooking podcast, a show about what is going down in the world of artificial intelligence. Episode 50 dropped today. So if you see it, do pick it up. Inside, you'll find news, history, and knowledge, all presented by the loquaciously laudable TV show developer and legendary lover. Gregory William Forsyth Foreman, yo, CSB. You see, I just, at first I thought CSB just didn't like my voice. Now I think he just wants to make you say really big words. (laughs) I think that's maybe what it's all about. (laughs) Well, that was a good one. I enjoyed reading that. That was, you know, this is the kind of content you can bring to the show. And it is very much appreciated. 
Yeah. And I'll have to look up latitudinarian. I have no idea what that means. It is, I don't know. That is a big word. It is. Does that mean like I'm a brother of Magellan's or something? Feeling like an explorer. That's what. That. Okay. Let's see. Now I should have to uh, actually find out. Holding <laughs> or expressing broad or tolerant views, especially in religious matters. Yeah, but not with commies. Right. You know, I'm not all for that, man. No way. <laughs> don't bring no commie religion this way. No. But you can bring your value by going to planetrage.show slash donate. You can find out all of the information. You can use that donate button for a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes, wallet addresses if you want to do the crypto thing. We have a P.O. box if you want to go the snail mail route. And, of course, if you're using a podcasting 2.0 app like the two donations that came in today, both using the streaming Satoshi Joy, just go to newpodcastapps.com or just ask Adam Curry if you see him what that's all about, and he'll let you know. We know I have to watch that, him and uh, Rogan. How, how long was this particular episode, Trolls? Do you know how long the, the Rogan-Curry uh, episode was? I downloaded it, but I haven't, uh, haven't queued that one up yet. But we appreciate everybody for hanging with us, listening to the show live, for supporting the show. We understand right now eggs are like $40,000 a dozen. So I get it. <laughs> Three hours and 20 minutes. Okay. We'll have to, that'll be a nice night of Rogan slash Podfather watching over three hours. See, that's good content, but he keeps the audience where Fox is like, they have to do all sorts of crazy stuff as all. CNN, everybody else does to try to keep people for even an hour. It's an amazing yes. thing, really. It is an amazing thing. Do you know what's coming up this week on That Larry Show? I don't, Darren, but I was surprised last week's episode was entitled The Psycho Next Door. Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you know how it is. You do a show and you think, man, I just hit one out of the park or uh, this, this isn't going to, this isn't going to spark much joy, you know. When I finished this one, I thought I had very low expectations, but I'm getting a lot of great feedback. People saying great episode, loved it. So it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a mashup of, uh, of this, this hit uh, Netflix documentary about called the, uh, hitchhiker, the, the hatchet wielding hitchhiker. Um, it's a very popular show on Netflix, Netflix. I have right not now. seen it or heard of it. I don't have Netflix, yeah. but I hear there's a thing you can download things on called the internet. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, so it's a little bit of that and a little bit of, uh, you know, spotting, spotting psychos on your own because you never know. They could look like, uh, you know, you or me or Bandrew or any nice guy or they might be. Well, you know, of course, Bandrew. Horrible people. Yeah. Yes. Lavish came in with another 6666 Satoshi saying, if only I could donate eggs. I mean, do you have a lot of eggs? Do you have a, <laughs> do you have a farm? Is that what you got going? Maybe. That would be good. And there was another a, an egg farm, uh, just a hundred thousand chickens uh, torched in Connecticut uh, a couple days ago. Another bird is, flu. There's something going thing. on with this. There's something going on with this, Darren. Something to watch. And Net Net came in with forty two hundred, saying, "I thought Darren was all jacked up on Mountain Dew. It's been a long time since I've had Mountain, Mountain Dew. <laughs> it's been a long time. Even trying to cut down on the coffee. Although the cardiologist was like, ah, I'm not that worried about the coffee. How'd things go there? Thumbs up. You got the thumbs up, but uh, had a little bit of like literally like 30 seconds yesterday. I kind of felt it and I went to the Apple watch and I did the ECG and it came up that it was in a fib, but then it kind of went away as quickly. And Mm. I I don't know if there's a connection. We'll know perhaps on Wednesday because that I do finally have the endodontist appointment and I'd like to uh, 
get the teeth issues fixed and yeah. see if that helps to uh to make these the afib stuff kind of subside again because this that may or may not be connected i mean nobody in and nobody in the medical community is saying so, but I have a feeling that there's a a connection between those two things. I I don't think that's at all a stretch, Darren. I've seen that. Uh, I've heard that from many people that that uh, you know tooth ailments can affect all kinds of stuff in the rest of your body, and so why not? Uh, yeah, throws everything it. off, and yeah, uh, and that's it. You got to get the stuff taken care of. Yeah, and I don't think it's anything you know deadly or serious. Hopefully. But mm-hmm. one of those things like, yeah, you can't have a little bit of a, an infection sticking around because that can cause all sorts of weird stuff. And so hopefully we'll have more information on that yes. by the time we meet again. At least we'll have information, whether it'll be good or not. I don't know. And what about for random thoughts? What do you got coming up there? See, that I don't know. Now, the question is, do I do that Wednesday morning? Because I've got the antidontist at uh, like noon, which is probably what I'll do because I like taking. Tuesday off. I like taking a day with yeah. with nothing just to kind of uh, and that that often helps come up with what I want to talk about on sure. uh, random thoughts. Just taking that day and not doing anything like that. I was playing around with some other stuff, so I may talk about uh with all of this AI stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean CSB, he knows all about that with ai.cooking. There mm-hmm. is a writing aid which I came across, which I thought was interesting called a pseudo write that you can have a good, you can get a free trial, which I like. They don't take your credit card or anything. So I was messing around with this a little bit the other day. And if anybody's ever written short stories, any kind of fiction or whatsoever, it's wild. Cause you can give it like a paragraph or so that you wrote and then just click write, And it'll attempt to continue the story which I think is just really bizarre because some of the results I've gotten were way better than expected. So wait a minute, if I understand you correctly, you give them a paragraph of a thread of a story, like, you know, it was a cold and stormy night and uh, heard a knock at the door, looked through the window, couldn't make out. And then it takes it from there. Yes. What's your saying? Wow. Not only does it take it from there, you can give it like a full, you know, story whatever you have and then click on a certain word and tell it to expand or to describe and the results have been shockingly good for computer generated content wow so i'm wondering where you know like fine literature i don't think has anything to worry about quite yet but trashy romance novels i think ais could write them now and the high school and college essay is a right. dead form too. Yes. Boom. Yeah. Which there was something that showed like 80 something. There was a high number. If with any number I give you, I'm just guessing, but it was a high number of students that said they have used AI already in creating papers for school. Yeah. Going to change everything. It's absolutely it going to change everything. I guess it is. And I said, the biggest surprise for me was I was expecting it to be laughable. And the results were like, yeah, the results were way too good for, uh, and the more data that it gets, the better I'm guessing it will continue to get. Mm -hmm. We won't even need podcasts. It'll all just be AI. It'll be great. So we can throw a switch and let them do it for us. I'm sure they can sample our voices. You can be the shouty guy, the AFM nighttime guy, and it'll just 
We can just sit on our asses and watch those Satoshis roll in. Not only that, but we could release 14 shows a day. <laughs> They'll all be different. People will be go. like, how do they do it? We'll be like, it's all magic. It's and, all. And then won't, won't Spotify be sorry they handed Joe 100 million bucks? Probably. Happens. You never know. Yes. He still gets, that's it. He still gets the, the guests. And the guests are a big part of. Oh, yeah bringing in the audience i saw something the other day too which i'm i'm kind of questioning because you did the episode with the late great john mcafee i did and that was supposed to i thought that was supposed to like kind of go into a a segment of more interviews now did you just kind of get tired with that was it just way too hard to book people was it no uh, no no you know i the thing was uh, mcafee was just i I found him so terribly fascinating um, guy, I really, you know, long before I even started a podcast, I was kind of a McAfee fan. I thought it was just outrageous. And well, he, he was, was the he rogue. Was a, well, he was a throwback to another world. I mean, yes. you look at, um, um, and I think they always overstated, I think his, his wealth. I don't, I mean, they used to claim he was, he was never anywhere near a billionaire. I think he, he probably cashed out of, uh, the antiviral thing with maybe a hundred million, something like that, which is pretty nice payday. Hey, we would um, take it. I certainly would. Um, but, uh, you know, he was, he was a throwback to the, the, the guys of like, uh, you know, Howard Hughes, um, who was a swashbuckler and a maniac, you know, and a, and a, and a crazed test pilot. And he was not knocking over starlets and so forth and making crazy movies. And here's McAfee was from that mold. And you look at, you know, who the fuck, you know, is, is, is anybody really interested in a dweeb like Bill Gates or, or, or Zuckerberg? These people, these people are so fucking catastrophically boring, yes. you know? And so you had this guy who was uh, something of a mogul in the in the tech field and was absolutely fascinating. So yeah, I, I you know to me it's it's kind of a hassle. It's more of a hassle for me to, to start booking guests and setting that up. You know, for all the reasons we said. But McAfee was just too too irresistible not to throw a spear at. I'm very grateful that he agreed to talk with me. Oh yeah, and it was an excellent. I mean, still an excellent episode for people if they haven't. Thank you. Heard that or watched that yet? It was video as well, which is a rarity. Yeah. But I saw something where it's like, well, you know, is, you know, even if you have a small podcast, mm-hmm. it's way easier to book the big guests. And I'm wondering just how true that is. I'm sitting here going like, well, so, I mean, who can I get? I mean, I would love, you know, talking to people. Can, can I get Bruce Springsteen on the show? I mean, I know he's a liberal douche, but I'd love to talk to Bruce about music for, for an sure. hour. Why not? It's like, how far up the ladder can you go? It kind of becomes like a game at that point, which is, you know, just how far do you have to climb? How do you get that? The, uh, you know, how do you get that verification? Like, who would you have to have? Then it's like, well, for you, it's like, well, gee, back if you talk to him, well, then, of course, he's got to be worthy of uh, other people giving them their time. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. Oh, absolutely. DigiGuru. Adriana Lima would definitely be on the list of. Yes. Oh, I wanted to ask you, speaking of, um, um, of some of your, your uh, <laughs> the people you like. Adriana, what do you think of uh, Swifty's uh, new video with the trans man? I didn't see it. Oh, I did. <laughs> was it good? I haven't, I haven't. It's weird. It's really fucking weird. I got to wonder about that girl. Um, trying to it's, it's check very, it's all very the, bizarre. Trying to check all the boxes. Is that I the, so. uh, you know, we want to be inclusionary. Mm. I mean, because let's remember, she's a part of the big, rich, white ecosystem. So mm. you have to do whatever you can to try to you know, bow down and be accepted in the, 
you know, I think Kid Rock was absolutely right. She wants to be involved with Hollywood. And if you want to be involved in Hollywood, you know what that takes right now. It's all she about her income. She can finance her own fucking movies. I'm pretty sure. I would think That's so. Great. But then again, she could have gone off on her own with the record label as well. So I don't know if it's all just a game or if it's all virtue signaling. Well, the video does begin with a credit. And I think it says something like there's, it just starts off with saying something like written and directed by Taylor Swift right up front. So nice. I guess she does want the movie thing. Yeah. You know, it's very weird. It's a very, and the song to me, it's like, it's not even a song. It's basically a, a repetitious lick, you know? So, so like born in the USA. <laughs> you know, I, there was somebody about what one of the comedians made fun of that where it was like bruce sitting there with his uh, pen and paper like writes born in the usa and then waits yeah. for like f- then writes born in the usa again then writes <laughs> born in the usa a third time yeah some music is more repetitive yeah than others the old uh, george harrison song somebody did a parody of that this song's only got six words this song's only got six words yeah but that's all i got my mind set on you yes Yes. But it was a hell of a melody. <laughs> That's it. If it sticks with you, you know, it's, it's interesting to good. see how, uh, how artists do move throughout their career. That was one of the things I got for Christmas was the box set of the first Springsteen, first eight, I think it was Springsteen albums on vinyl. Mm. And I was surprised that I still remember almost all of the lyrics from the original greetings from Ashbury park, which includes blinded by the light, which if, if you ever heard that song, you know, it is just word salad. Totally. And I always thought it was wrapped up like a douche. <laughs> well, there we go. We're right back to Steve douchey. Right back to it. Yes. But it's Full like, I, it, it's funny what you remember mm-hmm. from, uh, from just listening to something over and over and over. And as I said, you have to separate the person from the art and the politics. And sometimes you just forget it. Otherwise, you would absolutely just hate everybody except Uncle Ted. I'd be like, Uncle Ted, he's the only one that spews political views that I like. But everybody on the left hates him. So (laughs) it's all fair. It's all fair. But we try to be somebody that isn't just a on one side or the other, even though I'm almost always on one side. It's like I try to see and understand what the other side is saying. And at least then maybe you can defeat them. Maybe. So that's what we, hopefully we can give you here. Hopefully we bring you some value when you come in and listen to planet rage, join us live at 1 PM central time, or that is 11 AM left coast time on Mondays. When we do the show, no agenda stream.com trollroom.io, or make sure you subscribe. And at the very least, go tell 14,000 friends about the show. Now nah, that's the thing to do. Uh-huh. Yes. We'll wait. Nothing, nothing beats a personal recommendation. You know, that's it. When you reach out to somebody and say, Hey, listen to this or send them a link, say, click this. You'll dig it. That's the best promotion. Yes. Click this now. Now listen, subscribe, and we'll be back next week for another fun and exciting. What do we call these things? Uh, journeys. Yes. Through planet rage. The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Whole world going. Planet. Planet. 
I am not editing this podcast, Bandrew. <laughs> the fabulous Bandrew.